the word ease keeps coming out with 2016. Let it be easy. If it's hard, drop the rope and stop. my friends. My name is Katie Delbau. I am your host of this podcast, Let It Out With Me, and I am the curator, the enthusiast. I bring you all of my favorite things and people and topics through long-form conversations on this very show. So today is just that. We have Danielle Page, who is my friend. She's also my astrologer, and if you've been a long-time listener, you will remember that she's been on this podcast before back in early 2014 when I learned about astrology for the very first time. And I've really come to admire her and her work. We were actually just together in person when I visited her in Venice, California, not Italy, although that would have also been cool. But we just had a blast together. And today, this is a conversation we recorded a while back. So there's some maybe old school references, but not too many. It was just a couple months ago, right before the new year, back in December. I actually used my astrology chart as an example throughout this episode. So it's a different episode in the sense of I'm not really hosting. It's more experiential, and Danielle is reading my chart. So you'll get to know more about me. You'll get to know more about astrology and Danielle. It's just an interesting conversation. So that's what you're about to hear. And Danielle, if you want to learn more about her... All of her information is in the show notes. She is launching a course this week. And when I was with her in Venice, she was telling me so much about this course. She's so excited about it. And I just know she's been working really, really hard on it. And I've just, I heard every little bit about it because she was like in the midst of creating it and really excited about it. So if you like anything you hear in this episode and you want to check out her more, definitely check out her course because she's just a super awesome, cool, kind person. So this episode is brought to you by Ripped Denim. That is ripped with an R-H-I-P-P-E-D. And you guys, look, I am so excited to have a sponsor that I'm obsessed with. I may be more excited about this sponsor than... Well, any sponsor yet, I will definitely say that. And also, I'm really excited for you to hear the sponsor interview, which is an interview with the CEO of this company, and it's just this independent, amazing person named Don Myers, and we have the most fascinating, cool conversation at the end of this episode, so please stick around for that because it was really cool because I was able to talk to someone who makes a product, I haven't even told you what they make yet, that I love. And she even was inspired to make another product from our conversation, and now it's on her website. How cool is that? So what is Ripped Denim? Ripped Denim is my friend, Don Meyer's amazing vintage 
clothing store. So she's a curator, much like I am with people to come on the podcast. She is one of those amazing people who's so good at finding vintage clothing. And so she finds vintage jeans and particularly started off with cut-off shorts. Now she also has boyfriend jeans. And now, since our interview, she's doing jackets. She's doing really cool jean jackets. So she paints on them, and she puts patches on them, and they're really hip and young and cool. And I found out about her because a couple of weeks ago, she reached out to me and was like, hey, I would love to send you a pair of cutoff shorts. What's your size? And I was like, all right, sure. I'm not really even sure what my size is, but this is kind of what... I wear in jeans, I think. And then all of a sudden, I forgot about this. And in the mail, I receive the most amazing pair of cutoff shorts. I'm wearing them as we speak. They're so cute. They have a flower on the butt. And I've been wearing them around so much that it's gross. They're probably, they probably need a wash. But they're those types of jeans that just don't stretch out. They're amazing. And they're just old school vintage Levi's that she's hipped up and made them so amazing. So here's a little bit more about her company, Ripped Denim, that she started herself. She's the founder and CEO. She's so cute. Simply put, at Ripped Denim, we believe everyone should have a perfect pair of denim. The one for the tomboys and trendsetters alike. The one that you can leave on the floor and slip on the next day. The one that complements every outfit, hugs your hips, makes you feel equally badass and comfortable. Every pair has a story. We know that jeans only get better with time, and often the perfect pair is the one you've been wearing for years. That's why they collect invaluable vintage denim that has been broken into perfection, naturally softened, and casually shaped. These treasures are thoughtfully preserved, then redesigned and remodeled to hand-purpose, 100% unique denim. And that is from the founder of the company, Dawn Myers, who you will hear from in a mini interview at the end of this podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear that interview. I'm so excited for you to hear the one with Danielle Page. And I'm so excited that you're listening to the podcast in general. You are a cool person for putting me in your earbuds. Thank you so much. If you like the podcast, please share it with a friend. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. If you like the podcast and me, please check out my book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, available in stores now at Barnes & Noble, on Amazon, wherever you shop, grab a copy of the book. If you did like the book and you haven't left a review on Amazon, that would be very cool of you as well. And one last plug from me, I will be in Columbus, Ohio on July 10th with Simi, friend of the podcast, friend of mine. She's so cool, and she is hosting my book launch party there at the Book Loft in Columbus, Ohio. Info in the show notes. That's the next place I'll be. We're also doing a panel the next day at the Wonder Jam, so you guys should come to that. That's when I'll be in Columbus. And then I'm going to Chicago the following weekend, the weekend of the 17th of July, and I have an event there at a bookstore on that Saturday, and then I will be in Toronto, first weekend of August, doing a live podcast episode. How fun is that? With the Healthy Maven and Your Health Not Nutrition. So, my friends Nikki and Davida, those are their internet aliases, but they will be there. They will be my guests, and I will be leading the podcast and I'll sign books. It'll be a meetup for all of us. We're still figuring out what the venue is for that, but I will let you know as soon as I know. And without further ado, enjoy this week's interviews with Danielle Page 
and with Don Meyer, CEO and founder of my favorite new jeans company, Ripped Denim. And I will let you know who's coming up on the show next week after the mini interview. Talk to you guys then. Welcome back, everyone. My amazing friend and my astrologer, Danielle Page, is back in the wellness wonderland. Say hi, Danielle. Hello. It's so great to be back here, and thank you so much for having me on again. I so appreciate it. Yay. So we were just chatting a while back, a couple months ago, and we were like, oh, I'd love to have you back on the podcast and actually do my chart live on the air, which is like kind of scary for both of us, kind of exciting. And we thought it would be a really great way for two things, for you to learn more about me because she's about to tell you stuff about me and I'm going to react to it and you know, see if it fits in my life or how it fits in my life. And you ask a lot of questions while you're doing people's charts to, to kind of understand more about them. So that will be fun. And then also you'll get to hear more and see directly how Danielle actually works with people. And I I mentioned this in in her episode of my podcast where, or this is my podcast too, but in the first episode when she was on my podcast where she spoke about the way that she works with astrology and how she uses astrology to really give people a story about how they put things together together in their lives and just know a little bit about themselves, you know, and know, have a bit more information about themselves to, to navigate the world. And I found it fascinating. And today she's going to be doing my chart live on the air. And let's just see what comes up. What do you think? I think that sounds great. And thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, of course. So where where do you usually start with someone when you're, well, where do you, where, and where are you going to start with me? Bring us you lead the way. I'm passing off the show to you and I'm getting into the, you're basically, we're role reversing here. Okay. No pressure at all, but yeah, you take, (laughs) but here we go. Okay. So (laughs) most people know about astrology. They've heard about their sun sign and that's very valid and something that we're going to be talking about as well. But what I love um, about astrology is it's so much deeper than just your sun sign because you wouldn't be able to There's no way that every Taurus would be the same, right? Every single Gemini would be exactly the same. They definitely have some traits, and we'll talk about that. But it goes so much deeper beyond that. So when I look at a birth chart, first of all, I take someone's birth time, their date, and their location. So the birth time is so important, even down to the minute. Five minutes off can change the whole entire chart. And so I take that, and I put that into a computer program, and it pulls up a chart. And then from the chart, it shows me about your soul. It shows me about your karma, your dharma, your behavioral pattern, your tendencies, um, really what your soul came here to do. And there's so much more. It just kind of depends on what we want to talk about. And so from that, you know, I help people, like you said, um, really um, discover their story, really discover what they brought in from past lives and what they're here to do. And knowing that I feel like is half the battle because when we understand why we do the things we do, we could live a happier life, right? We don't keep banging our head against the wall. So to go back to answer your question, that was kind of a long detour. No, that, but, that's um, perfect. And I'm glad you said that. So sorry, just to interrupt you quickly yeah. for people listening how Danielle works is I gave her the exact time and place and date of my birth, which you still have, right? You still have yep, all of that. I still have. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because we because I gave her that a, a while ago and then she like she said takes this in and really you know does all of this stuff and, and we did in all honesty we've done this before but there's always so much to learn and we were just talking before the call that it was a year ago and I don't even remember anything that yeah. came up I just remember it being like so helpful and I learned so much and I just want to do it again so that's what we're that's what we're doing today and then we're going to go into there's not enough time. We've had multiple sessions together, but there's just never enough time to get to know, you know, if you want to focus on career or relationships or different aspects of yourself or, you know, dark parts of yourself or whatever. There's so much that that's why we're going to, you know, go into different things today and you get to hear all of it. So it's very exciting, kind of scary for me, but I think will be really cool. And the reason I, I brought all this up is because I think it'll be interesting for you guys to hear. However, I don't want you to think, and the reason she was saying, you know, the sun sign is just like a very, and you'll get into this, Danielle will get into this, but the sun sign is just one aspect of it. So I just want you to know that like, if you're a Taurus, don't be like, oh great, this will be just like my chart. And if you're not a Taurus, don't be like, oh no, this is going to be silly because I'm not, I wasn't born, you know, when, when Katie was. But it there we're really doing this to just kind of show you how astrology works and there's stuff that we all can kind of take from this so anyways I just wanted to say that no I love that you said that and that's so true and I also love that you just said it takes time and we can't do it all in one session and that's exactly why I developed the six week and the five month program which we'll talk about later but that's exactly why I did that because there's so much information that we can't just do it all at one time. Yeah, but, that happened so let, to us. I mean, I think the first yes. time we were on the phone, we were on the phone together for like a total of maybe <laughs> four hours. Yeah, because I think yeah. we did my chart and recorded a podcast, maybe five hours. And so like, that is not feasible. <laughs> yeah. That would take, that's like not what most people can do. And then, um, and then we talked like multiple times after that. And so I'm just really fascinated by this stuff. I could talk about this stuff all day because I just think it's, interesting and obviously you do too so hopefully everyone listening will as well let's get into it let's do it. okay so let's dive in so I like to start there's something and we talked about this a little bit last time but we're gonna get in more detail now I really start at this place with there's something called a south node and the north node and the reason why I start there is when I was learning astrology this just jumped out at me that this was so important intuitively I picked this up um, a little interesting tidbit. Later on, I found out that this is really um, important in Vedic astrology. I actually don't know anything about Vedic astrology. I'm a Western what, astrologer. What does that mean? It's um, it's like uh, Vedic. Um, yeah, and it's um, like Indian astrology, um, Eastern astrology. It's um, just kind of some different principles. Hmm. So it's just a different way of doing it. So I don't really know anything about that, but I've learned through some people that talking about the South Node and North Node is the principle of Vedic astrology. And that actually jumped out at me intuitively before I even knew hmm. because I shouldn't say because, but mainly because it it's the backbone of the whole chart. So let me explain why I start with this. And it was just an interesting tidbit how I didn't even know this. And most Western astrologers don't really use the South Node, North Node. But I, when I was studying it, I'm like, I got to do this. So the South Node, just think of it just for this lesson. We'll talk about it as a point in space. It's not a planet but it's an energy and it's a point in space. And I start here because in order, before I go forward and talk about what the person is doing now, it's really important that we go backwards and look to where your soul came from. Because when you incarnate, you know, I like, a lot of people 
seem to think or some people say that we're a blank canvas, but the truth is we're actually not. We have memories embedded in our soul and in our DNA. We have patterns and programs of things that was frightening or things that were great. They're embedded into us. So we remember that, not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, and we take that into our life. I like to say that I think we're born with a backpack and sometimes our backpack's really heavy. Sometimes it's light. You know, I feel like I had like 15 bags of karma when I was born because I had a lot of stuff that I had to heal. So it's okay. It's just, we bring stuff in. So when I start a chart, I need to see where their soul came from, right? Instead of just looking at it right now. So the South node shows me deeply ingrained behavioral patterns of what someone's soul is really used to doing. Um, you could think of it as just a way of life, um, a way of doing things. Um, we kind of wake up every morning and we do things, we act a certain way, we respond a certain way. And we don't always respond through our sun sign, but the energy we respond to is through our south node. So the south node is even more important in some respects than our sun sign, okay? So the south node, like I said, shows me the behavioral patterns, the stuff that you brought in from the past. So these are some of your gifts, but this is also where everybody gets into trouble because with our South Node, we're so used to being a certain way that there's no room for growth. So when we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we don't evolve and we don't um, grow spiritually. And that's what we're here for. And we also feel stuck. We feel that we're hitting a wall. You know, we just, we can't, um, we're getting the same results over and over again. So it's really important for me to identify the South Node to see, okay, what kind of patterns and behavior is the person doing subconsciously and explain that to them so that they can then, I like to say, drop the rope or just let go of them in a certain way. Just kind of stop pushing so hard on the energy they've been doing and start doing something new. So that something new is called this is basically I call it the North node. Okay. The North node is a beautiful point in the chart because it points to your soul's purpose. So this on the soul level, not on the ego level, but on a soul level, the North node points to, this is what your soul came here to do. This is your purpose. This is the direction that you're going. This is what your soul said. You haven't had a lot of experience with this in the past. So you're going to get a lot of lessons in this lifetime. You're going to have different experiences coming towards you that you're going to have to practice this. And here's the catch. The thing with the going from the south node to the north node, it's not a one-day shift. It's not a one-year shift. It's actually a lifetime process because we are, just think of ourselves as a computer. We are programmed a certain way, and that's our south node. So then we are beginning to unlearn our old behaviors and step into new behaviors. So that process of moving towards the North Node, on a conscious level, it sounds really easy, but when we're, and this will make more sense when I get into yours, but when we're busy and when we're stressed, we always resort back to our South Node just because that's what we're, it's how we work. You know, it's like putting one foot in front of the other. That's how we walk, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have to take time and integrate this new energy. But this backbone from the south node to the north node shows me so much in a chart. I mean, we could even spend an hour just talking about this axis, and this would give someone so much about their lifetime journey and what their soul came here to do. So 
that being said, do you want me to jump into your self note or do you have any questions with yeah, that? Jump in. Okay. I, for people listening, if you're taking notes, because I am, I wrote down a North Node, Soul Purpose, South Node. What define that again? South Node is you can think of it as deeply ingrained behavioral patterns. Yeah, that's the best way to look at it. Okay. So if you're taking notes, there's some shorthand. And yeah, let's dive into it. So what are mine? Okay. Let's give examples to people. Okay, great. So you have this. A, is, sorry to interrupt. I think this okay. is really actually very useful. And selfishly, I'm super excited because we're talking <laughs> about me. But I think this is actually very useful for people because just hearing South Node and North Node and explaining soul purpose and, you know, deeply ingrained stuff is one thing. But I think hearing an example is helpful. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So you have um, one thing that I'm just going to say, basically, when you look at a birth chart, it's broken up into different houses. And if you have a birth chart in front of you, it just looks like slices of pizza. Okay. So I'm going to use the word house. And if I relate to house, it basically just means an area of life. Okay. So you have your self node in Leo and it's in the eighth house. So you know, that means a lot of things, but just to break it down, and I'm going more basic here because I want people to understand this. Um, and if we were just doing one-on-one, I would go a little bit deeper, but we're still going to cover a lot of stuff. So South Node in Leo, in the eighth house, shows me a lot of things. One, it shows me that your soul spent many lifetimes developing your will. So this is why you are very strong, very determined, um, very focused, not to mention that you're a Taurus too. And then once you get your mindset to something, you know, you can't push a Taurus to do something else because I'm a Taurus too. So I know that energy, but you're very strong. You're very willful. You know, you, again, you've developed many, many lifetimes of um, working on your will, working on um, a bit of your ego as well. So that's good in some ways because it's why you have such strength. Okay, so when I combine that, looking at other things in the chart, I'm going to try not to jump around too much here, but I see based on the south node and based on your 12th house cusp, which also shows me past life energy, I see someone that was very strong, very willful, willful. It was a lot about survival. Okay, so this is where your soul came from. Your soul came from this place of survival. And, you know, you can look at that as good or bad. Um, I don't like to say good or bad. It's just an energy. It's just a vibration. Um, you, you know, your soul did many things where you had to survive. You had to um, find strength on your own, but it also led you to rely on some other people. So when you have a self node in the eighth house, the energy is a lot um, intertwined with other people's resources. Okay. So you are someone that, and it's twofold. One, in the past, you've had to survive on your own. I think it's it's a bit of a story here. Past life story is you had to survive on your own and something went array with that. Something went wrong. So then you kind of lean towards people. And so in some sense, your soul is very used to working with other people. This is part of your gift, though. You have to see it goes both ways of why you could uncover resources from other people, uncover talents from other people about what you do on your podcast and how you bring other people on and you share their story. This is because this is a gift from a past lifetime. And so you are, and I told you this before, I love talking to you because you are actually living out a lot of your stuff that not everyone does. 
And so it just means that your soul is very awakened in this lifetime, which clearly is because I follow you as well and I, I read all your stuff. So your soul is very awakened. Okay. So there, there's, you know, let's just call it good or bad, even though that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of good stuff. And I say that in quotes, um, having a self node in Leo in the eighth. Um, what your soul is moving away from is in the past, it was a lot of, and this, when I say the past, it, please understand that it could have been this lifetime, but it's also from past lifetimes, okay? So sometimes it carries over, but a lot of the stuff I'm getting is from past lifetimes. Your soul, especially with Leo, was used to getting recognition from other people, okay? And this is, this is not something that we're conscious of. This is something that just feels good to us. Okay. In this lifetime, your goal now is you're moving towards this energy of Aquarius in the second house. So this is really beautiful when I start putting together your whole chart because Aquarius energy takes the creativity that you have from Leo, takes the will that you have from Leo and uses that to develop something for humanity, to develop something greater than yourself. So the Leo energy in the past might have been very self-oriented. And again, I'm not saying it was necessarily in this lifetime, but this is what your soul has been from. Okay, so we take these energies in. Now in this lifetime, you're taking, again, that creativity, that will, that empowerment of Leo, that gusto, that, um, that bravado that Leo has, and you're sharing it with the world. So with Aquarius energy, it's all about how can you bring your gifts to the table and use them for something greater than yourself. The thing with whenever you have a self known in Leo, if you're doing anything just for self gratification, that's where you're going to kind of bang your head against the wall, right? And we all have our stumbling blocks. You know, I'm a self known in Aries and I'm constantly, um, you know, in a lot of ways, my soul is very selfish because I'm used to doing things on my own. So that's what I have to get away from, right? So we all have our things. You are learning to use your creative talents, use your gift for bringing stuff out in people and use it for a bigger picture, for humanitarian efforts, for um, the universe, for something greater than yourself. When you do, you will be recognized. See, that's the thing. People with a lot of Leo, there's something in them that wants to be recognized. But the trick here is it's exactly what's happening with you because you've done so many things for other people, right? Helping bring people into your podcast and sharing their gifts and talents. And now you have this amazing book coming out and you are going to get recognition because it's still a part of your path, but you're doing it because you're helping people. Do you see the difference? Um, if we're stuck in the shadow side energy of Leo in the past, it might've been for own self gratification. So it's about moving out of that and doing exactly what you're doing. You are living your truth. You are walking your path. You are doing what you need to be doing, which is so beautiful to see. And that's why this is a good example. Now, the other part of this is you have a north node in Aquarius in the second house. Now, the second house is all about our resources and our gifts and our talents. So you have this beautiful task in this lifetime of taking the resources from other people, applying them to something that you find valuable. The second house is all about where we find our gifts, we find our talents, we find something that's meaningful to us, and then doing something, I guess I could say tangible. Um, for example, write a book, <laughs> right? You're using your talents 
to create something tangible for the world to help. So I think we, um, I feel like I remember talking to you about this before. I'm like, you're going to have like a school, you're going to have a program, you're going to have something physical that people can come to because the second house is a very physical um, place. It's where we dive deep into our talents and we share them with the world and we create something. It's the manifestation of something tangible and you're a Taurus sun. So it's even more um, information in your chart that you are here to really hone your gifts, hone your abilities and step into them. Now, with a part of North Node and Aquarius where you have to go even deeper is that Aquarius energy does not need any approval. Aquarius energy is all about doing something that is so outside the box, which you're definitely doing, and you're going to be doing even more, doing something that's um, unorthodox. You know, you have very creative ideas. You have ideas that have things that people haven't done before. That's where your soul is going of saying, okay, you know what? No one's done this. This is where I need to go. You know, I always use the example of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. I mean, what if he's like, you know, Facebook, it's too weird. People are going to like it. I'm not going to do it. No, he had this brilliant idea, right? And he went for it. And look what it's done for the world. This is the direction you're going. And he's using Facebook to help connect people, right? It's a beautiful thing. You're doing, obviously, it's going to be your own thing, but something where it's different. It's, um, you don't you know, need the approval of others. You do something that's so unique to you, hasn't been done before, and you kind of march to the beat of your own drum and you lead the way. All great leaders must do something different, right? They must march to the beat of their own drum. They must not repeat and repeat what other people are doing and that's the direction you're going. But it always has to tie back to this humanitarian effort, this service, um, this helping others, this beautiful, beautiful thing that you're stepping outside of yourself to bridge people together. You know, you're a connector, you're uniting people and um, you're helping people connect, bring out their talents and bring out yours as well. So you have done so much so far and this is only the beginning. <laughs> that's the great part because you have so much more coming and that's so exciting. And I know because you're a Taurus son, you're stubborn like me in a good way that you're committed and you're dedicated and that you will be doing more amazing things because that's part of the Taurus energy as well. Ooh, this is great. This is so cool. I think when you were talking about the Leo energy being, you know, in a past life or in this life before making it all about me, and I don't know about my past lives, but I know this life, that was definitely the case before. It was you know, all about me. It was all, even if you listened to the first few episodes of the podcast, the questions I asked were all what I wanted to know. I didn't even think about other people listening because, you know, to be honest, there weren't many of people, but also because it was just, I was in a different place then, you know? Right. And so I kind of cringe at those old episodes, but now it, it really is about sharing things that have helped me from a very humble place yeah. and be like, this helped me. How can I, I'm so into, you know, astrology because Danielle Page actually showed, actually showed me it could be useful. I want other people to know about that too. How can I help her share her message? And then, you know, here we are. This is what we're doing. <laughs> you know, so I think that I can see how that's happening. And as far as like humanitarian things go, I think that my biggest I mean you know this about me but my and a lot of the people listening may have guessed this like my biggest struggle and the thing that's been like the 
you know, the knife in my back, like my whole life has been my body image and my relationship to myself and just feeling not good enough because of the way that I looked. And that, you know, led me on a path to all sorts of things, which, you know, most of you guys know about. And then it now, I think I had to go through all of that and am going through all of that because I'm definitely, I still struggle with it all the time. And now when I have a bad body image day, I try to not let it turn into a bad body image week or month, you know, and not hold me back. But I think my struggles with that is why I want to teach tools of all sorts that make me feel better and that I can turn to in my un, unhappy moments and, and really like, shift me out of that and try to you know humanitarily try to shift society to not put so much focus on our size and our weight and more focus on you know our life as a whole or or what's inside so yeah anyways that's my reaction to so far and that was awesome and I want to say that it was so amazing and empowering and beautiful that you were able to recognize and say yeah that was me not even in a past lifetime that was me now because that's how we grow. You know, we have to yeah. be able to look at ourselves and not blame and not be like, oh, I'm doing something wrong or no, it's just, okay, yeah, I can see that I've done this, but I'm learning to unlearn that. I'm learning new ways. So that one that was beautiful that you can recognize that and you can see the growth in yourself because that's what it's all about. And two, it's um, beautiful that you brought up the body image stuff because the North Node in the second house really strongly takes on the second house is naturally ruled by Taurus, okay? And Taurus is all about the physical world and it's all about your senses and your body. So you are learning, it's part of your journey here, you are learning how to embrace your body, how to be comfortable in your body. Um, you have a lot of the spiritual stuff from past life going on, but now it's the physical world. And I often say that a lot of people that are very spiritual have a hard time being in a physical body. and you know, you've shared your journey with this. I've struggled with eating disorder growing up as well. And I now know that it's because it's hard. I, well, I felt at the time it was hard to be in the physical body because I almost felt like I was just like, oh, I need to be floating around on the cloud. Like my soul felt so confined. But that's the beauty of why we're here. We're really embracing this physical world. And that's so that's a big journey that your soul is. And you're teaching other people and you're open and you're um, sharing it as well that it's about the physical and to be comfortable in your physical body because that's what your soul is learning. So but I just wanted to bring that up dude, as well. it's hard. I mean, it's oh, I know. Hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. But people, it's so amazing how you share, just like you said, okay, well, when I have a bad, um, you know, body image day, it's just a day, not a week. And, and that's huge because we've all had that. And so you're helping so many people by being open and honest about that. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Okay. We have so much more to talk about. Should I keep yeah, going? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep at it. This is great. Okay. So another thing here that I'm going to jump over to Pluto. Okay. So Pluto is a planet that Not is... Not anymore, right? Well, actually, <laughs> so it wasn't, right? And then it was. And then it wasn't or something. Oh, is it again? Now, now it's back. It's back oh, to being a planet. Oh, good for Pluto. That's fantastic. <laughs> good for Pluto. But the funny I thing. I was pretty sad about that. I know, right? Like, no matter, all astrologers have said, like, no matter if it was considered a planet or not, it still is one of the most powerful energies. So yeah. it is still there. Um, Pluto 
is about our inner world. It's very connected to our soul's path. And so we were talking about the soul when we talked about the North Node. Mm -hmm. And so we're jumping over to Pluto here because it's another link that tells me about your story. So Pluto in the past shows where we've been overpowered, maybe in another lifetime. And so we're here back to regain our strength. So it's, it's again, it's a process. Um, it is a journey. Now, you have a very interesting placement of Pluto. You have Pluto sitting in your 12th house. The 12th house is all about our subconscious and our psyche, past lives, um, all this stuff kind of behind the scenes that it is, it's really, it's mainly the subconscious, okay, that, that runs us. When you have Pluto there, it's because your soul came here to expand your subconscious abilities. Your soul came here to be a more powerful soul in this lifetime by not being overpowered by your thoughts and your psyche, which could be very much related to body image, right? Getting wrapped up in that and being controlled by our mind. You're learning to take control and overpower that and also help other people with these really deep issues. You know, um, Pluto is about the shadow side. It's the darker side. It's, it's the depth. It's something really deep inside. It's not always the light and fluffy. Um, and so you're bringing these issues up to help people. And so throughout your life, you're learning to be a stronger soul. You're learning to um, rehabilitate yourself uh, on a soul level and heal others and help with their psychological weakness. So it's very much a path of a psychologist, whether that was your major or not, or whether that's what you do. It's a lot of psychology. And so, you you know, when people have Pluto in the 12th house, I've seen it go either way. It could be very hard and they struggle and they're constantly feeling deflated, overpowered. Um, they're just like not good enough, constant, constant, constant. The other side of that is any planet, you know, it triggers us to feel, but where we feel these things, those are our gifts. That's our talent. That's what we even have. So you're learning to overcome your psyche. You're learning to forget, forgive. That's a big thing with Pluto in the 12th house. Forgive your soul, and you're teaching other people to forgive as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a powerful, powerful placement to have Pluto in the 12th house. It is um, really about deep stuff that you're bringing to the forefront and helping people with um, while you're helping your soul as well. Cool. Well, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm into therapy yeah. and psychology. Yeah. And yeah, I like learning about myself, so that makes sense. Yeah, and it's something that it's interesting because when I tell people about things in the chart, sometimes they see it, sometimes they don't. But when I do the chart, I'm talking about the life journey. And sometimes it's very like we're just used to doing things over and over again. It's hard to see on ourselves. So with all this information, know that throughout your life, you're going to be constantly working and building the strength of your psyche. So even if you're not fully aware, which you obviously are, but even if you weren't fully aware, it's something that your soul is going to continue doing. And we do these things almost automatically because this is how we're wired. When I look at your chart, I see I see what you're doing, whether someone realizes it or not, right? But you are really gaining strength with all the psychological stuff that could um, overpower us. So you are helping people with that. And the beautiful thing here, this is where the story is coming together. When I look at your north node, I see it's making a square to Pluto. Okay, so a square in the chart just means that there's two planets that are 90 degrees apart. And 90 degrees, you can think of it as, you know, a right angle, obviously. 
and they it's like a hard angle because of that hard angle they put pressure on each other so squares our pressure and this shows me where we're going to work hard and we all have squares we, we need squares so if we didn't have the hard pressure um, in our lives we would all be lying on the couch and not doing anything all day long so squares are great okay um you have your north node squaring pluto so when i see any time a north node squaring a planet it talks to me about a skip step in a past lifetime meaning no one's at fault i have a skip step too it just means that we didn't really learn how to integrate this energy. So in this lifetime, this is a huge thing on our road to our soul's evolution. So when we work with this energy, this is going to help us and push us along our path. So a North Node squaring Pluto shows me that you're learning to overcome, like I said, your psyche, overcome the challenges in the mind and not believe it. And another thing I'll add with your North Node in Aquarius, one of the key things is you're learning detachment, which could be really hard. And this is one of the things is all humans we struggle with. We, we're very attached to outcomes, mm. to people, to situations. Yeah. I went in a meditation one day and I clearly got that this is one of the key struggles of all humanity, of why we struggle. And it made so much sense when I was in the meditation because I was in a different place and I was so unattached and I was feeling so free. And then all of a sudden they like gave me all this energy of, I want this, I want that, I, this should be this, why don't I marry, why don't I have this, why don't I have this house? And all this stuff weighed me down and I felt the difference in this meditation. Mm -hmm. And so your soul, and it was amazing because I can see that all this attachment is hard for us. It's not healthy. So when you have a North Node in Aquarius, one of your soul's biggest mission, specifically you, is you're learning the beautiful process of detachment. Not in like an aloof, I don't care way, but in a let it pass through me, let it not control the situation, right? Let me just do this and no matter the outcome, that's going to be the outcome. And when you can get to that place, it helps empower your subconscious with that Pluto in the 12th house. So everything kind of comes together, but this is a life journey. It's really, um, you know, learning the beautiful art of non-attachment because that's where energy can flow. Because when we're so attached to something, we stop the energy, right? The, it's not, the vibration doesn't have space to um, vibrate really at a beautiful high frequency. So it is a hard thing though, right? To learn non-attachment. That's a lifetime journey. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to happen today, you know? Yeah. It's something that I constantly practice. And all the good things that I've gotten in my life, I've had to just be unattached to the outcome and then just be like, well, it is what it is. I'm unattached. And usually you get the the outcome that you want. And that that's like exactly what, you know, I'm a huge student of Abraham Hicks. And, like, that's exactly like the law of attraction right there. It's like, you know – focus on what you have and be really grateful and happy for what you have and don't think so much about the lack energy all the time because the more you focus on that the, the more that you'll have that and you it's great to have goals and desires and dreams but hold them loosely because the universe doesn't want to give you something that you're like clenching to so tightly just like you know in in dating like nobody wants to date the person who's like oh my God, I need you to be my boyfriend. Please be my boyfriend. <laughs> text me back, text yep. me back, text me back. Right. Like, that's so uncool that the no. universe is just like, uh, no. You're you're like, they want someone who's like, 
oh, yeah, it'd be cool to have you, but, like, you're just going to be the gravy on my really buttery, creamy mashed potatoes. I don't even right. need you. They're fine right. without you, you know? So, yeah, it's about getting to that point where, like, everything's really great. I'm unattached, but cool. If it comes, if it comes, you know, great. Right. And that's a really hard space because sometimes we want it so badly. So, it, like you said, it's a constant practice back and forth. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what your soul is working on. So that's beautiful. Um, the other thing, let's talk about your sun sign because I think um, obviously I want to get to that. That's really important. So I mentioned in the beginning, you know, sun sign is important, but it's not the whole chart. What it is is it talks about how you're going to channel your personality, how your personality self said, okay, I'm going to come here. You chose, your soul chose to be a Taurus. I'm going to be a Taurus and I'm going to channel it in fifth house energy. Okay, so the sun, again, it's our ego, it's our personality, it's how we express ourselves. So for you, we um, we actually have a lot of things in common here. Um, you have your sun in the fifth house. I have a fifth house sun too. And I like to say, I think it's the most fun because the fifth house is the house of creative self-expression. So woo, no matter what, exactly. Fifth house you, in the house. High five. <laughs> you have to express yourself. This is who you are. You cannot, you know, it's like if you didn't know this, and I mean, obviously you've learned this early on because your soul just knew this and I knew this too, but I didn't, I couldn't identify it before I did astrology. I didn't know, but you know, you can't just go with the crowd. Like I can't put you in an office in a cubicle and say, okay, just go do what everyone's doing. No, you can't. You're going to feel restricted. You're not going to feel like yourself. You're going to feel sick. You're not going to be happy because you are someone you chose to come here, be a fifth house son and use your creative self-expression and bring it to the world. And you're the fact that you're a Taurus um, Taurus is all about the material world. It's about um, making connections to things that are tangible, using your senses. So it's really about also, your inner security, using your resources, your body, um, all your deep, deep inner resources, and sharing that and expressing that with the world. Um, the fifth house is really, it's the place where you become the vessel of divine energy because you express it. So you already have so much creative energy. That's why you, I mean, any creative project you've done, it's because you already have this so much of this in you, but you're supposed to use it even more. Again, you're using your creative energy based on your whole chart here to express yourself, to enlighten other people and to help humanity. That's a beautiful, beautiful journey in this lifetime. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I definitely cannot be put in a box. So that no, makes you a lot can't. of sense. And you're going to see even more as you evolve, because this is what happens with all of us. The more you step into your north node in Aquarius, you're going to be doing things that are totally different. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you were like, maybe I want to learn about astrology or maybe I want to do something that's, you know, really not traditional. That's the path that you're going. And But I believe that you're really bridging this and you're bringing this to people and showing, you know, how it can be useful. It doesn't need to be something that you learn in like a four-year university. You know, it's um, all things metaphysical are definitely the direction that your soul is going as well. Danielle, that's so funny that you say that because so two of my mentors, so two mentors, two people that have actually been on the podcast that people would know, two mentors of mine, they were with each other and talking about me apparently and one of them told me this afterwards and they said they were like, Katie's career isn't going to look like any of ours. It's going to just be in like this really 
strange way. And mm-hmm. it's not going to follow like the traditional, you know, model of yep. online business or of not online business or anything. They just were talking about that. And I don't, you know, I mean, I took it as a compliment, but they just were, you know, just something they were talking about. And I was like, huh, I really have no idea what that, that means, but thank you. And cool and that sounds exciting but I had no clue and it it really does make sense like I don't know what my career is going to be like or look like and I think that's frustrating to me at times because I want to just be like okay I'm going to just do what Marie Forleo does and I'm going to just do it my way or I'm going to just use that as a formula and just take that model and plug in my authentic truth. But like, I can't do that. I have no. to make a whole new model. And that's exciting, but also like a lot of work and, and frustrating, but cool. But that's so beautiful that you, you know, whoever was talking about this, that they felt that because that's the truth, that's energy. And it's exactly what you're doing. You're doing something. And that's, where it's it's not for me to tell you what you're going to be doing because I don't know if that's creative energy is that we just create it, but it's something different. It's something unique. It's something that we've never heard before. Um, and it is, it's just, you're going to be creating your own, like you said, model. And anytime you feel that frustration um, that you just want it to be, you know, that's a lot of your self noted Leo energy. So that's your barometer to say now that you know, okay, I have to drop that rope let that go because that's the old energy that's actually keeping me stuck because it's not letting you flow freely, right? You need to just um, allow yourself these flags when they come up to let them go and to step into, I'm not going to know exactly what it's going to be because maybe my soul hasn't even created it yet. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but that's the beauty, right? You're not going to be, you have your own model and it's just going to happen. It's just going to create as you go. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. So what else do I need to know about my chart? What else can astrology teach us? Are there areas of our life or are there, what do you think? What do you think would be most, what do I most need to know from, from my chart? Let's look at, I mean, there's so many things. Um, you want to talk about love? We can talk about, okay. Okay. Uh Let's talk about love. Let's do that. So in the birth chart, there's several ways that we can look at, you know, what kind of partner would you need? Um, you know, it's it's not, there's no black and white formula. It's more about energy and vibration. So the first thing is I would look to the seventh house cusp. The seventh house cusp is about partnerships, um, one-to-one relationships, um, and also marriage partners. So this shows me what would be good for your soul, the kind of vibration and the kind of energy that you need. So Seventh house cusp, you have Gemini there. So that, you know, does not mean that you have to be with a Gemini. You know, it very well could be, but it's not just about that. It's about you need someone, this coupled with your North Node Aquarius, you need someone that is a friend. You need someone that you can talk to. You need someone that can support you. And there's banter and there's communication and you're there's sharing and there's camaraderie. There's there's this friendship that is so important when you have your seventh house cusp in Gemini because you need that back and forth. You need that banter. You need that communication. You need someone that is going to help you with the details because you're very good being that you're a Sag rising. Your rising sign is kind of the um, mask you wear to the outside world and how you kind of maneuver. You see the big picture. You get excited about things. You see the big picture. You have really grand, big ideas. So a nice partner for you would be someone that is um, 
balanced and help you with details, help you kind of plan things out, help you figure some out. You know, we talked about this before about possibly having this like business partner that is, could be a husband or um, something like that. I, I could very much see that in, in your life. Okay. That's very important. But the interesting you thing here. Do um, <laughs> I? He, you know where he is. He's with my future husband, and oh, they're hanging out. Nice. They're hanging nice, out, taking their nice. time. Yeah, they're like um, playing pool right now or something. You know, just amazing, like, great. Yeah, we're, and just we're gonna, hanging out. Yeah, I like to say they're on a horse, and his legs are broken. The the horse <laughs> has broken legs, so yeah. mine is uh, trying to work with that. So yeah, they're hanging out right now. Well, we're going to go on some really rad double dates once they make their way to us. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, but what's so amazing about your journey with love in this lifetime, the ruler of your house of relationships is Mercury. Okay. Mercury is about, in general, Mercury represents your speech and your communication and how we think. But because it's connected to your house of marriage, it's very important here in your chart when we look at relationships. Now, your Mercury in your birth chart is retrograde. So, you know, we've all heard Mercury retrograde, this and that. The good news is that when Mercury goes retrograde for everyone, you don't really have to worry that much because, you know, people blow it out of proportion. Mercury retrograde is not just about stuff breaking down. It very well could be, but it's actually you're open to different channels you get information that some other people don't get. So you actually live with Mercury retrograde every day of your life, which is very beautiful. It's not the scary stuff that everyone thinks it is because it, somehow it just got totally blown out of proportion. You know, and definitely Mercury retrograde when it goes um, retrograde, it's it causes some problems. But you, it, it just means that imagine there is a conduit from your brain, let's just say from your crown chakra to the divine, Okay. You have, yours goes up and then it maybe skews to the right. And because it skews to the right, you're getting information that maybe someone else isn't going to get. So you see things from a different perspective. And that's also why you have to, it's really healthy for you to write things down and to journal because you process it differently. And see, again, you're doing something that is just natural to you, but you figured out how to help yourself. And so you're helping other people with it, with your book. So that's, what's amazing. That's but, so funny. Like, okay, people listening now know that you already know about my book, but when yeah. you first told me this, you had no clue. You'd never met me before. No clue. And yeah. you're like, you know, you have this thing and it's kind of like Mercury and retrograde all the time for you. And I was like, great, that's fantastic. And then you're <laughs> like, um, yeah, you know, for you, it might be good to like journal a lot and write things down and process your feelings that way. And I just like wanted to let you finish, but I'm like wanting to be Kanye West and like interrupt you and be like, <laughs> oh my God, I have a book about journaling coming out. And this was like, you know, a year ago when like the book wasn't even completed yet or even close. So it was, it was pretty cool. And it's still cool now to hear that because I forgot. But it's, yeah, yeah, because it's part of your destiny. So that's where there's so many different layers. You know, we can look at it in that layer that you're here to build something tangible because it's in Taurus in the fifth house of creative self-expression, which you did. Book is tangible. But then in terms of relationships, here's the beautiful thing. Your marriage partner, your relationships are incredibly karmic because the ruler of your house of marriage is retrograde. When I see an inner planet retrograde in a chart, it just is a karmic indicator to me that there's a redo of energy. So know that your partner coming in 
This is not someone new that you've never, your soul has never met before. This is someone that you've had many experiences, many lifetimes with, and you guys are here to redo and balance the energy together. So it's very beautiful. It's You're going to, I believe that, I'm not going to say love at first sight, like see each other from across the room, although that happened to me once and that was pretty intense. It was beautiful. But that's soul recognition. It could be, but you're going to know. Like there's going to be no doubt in your mind that you know this person that from wherever that there is a deep soul connection and that is going to be your partner because the, the um, planet is retrograde in your chart. It is someone from the past lifetime. You are about, you two are came back. You have a karmic contract to get married and balance your energy out in this lifetime. Is it someone I've met already or you've definitely met in past lifetime? Yeah. Could be, could be very well. Could be. But your souls have been many lifetimes together. So it's not going to be like, oh, I don't know anything about you. It's going to be like, oh, you seem familiar. Or, okay, yeah, I kind of get you. Like, you just get the person's vibe. So very well could be. Well, to be continued, people. Oh, yeah, to be continued, for sure. We will keep them waiting. And hopefully I will have something to report by the next time we chat. I hope so as well. So what else um, do I need to know? I know, like, what are kind of the top things that people who you work with want to know about their astrology charts that are really helpful? I know last time you gave me, like, some dates that were important. Or is there any, like, what would, if you were me and someone else was you, what would you want them to tell you knowing what you know about, like, looking at my chart? What is most, doesn't have to be dates, but, you know, something about, career, whatever, whatever, like you just let me know anything else I should know. Yeah. Um, most people come to me for wanting to know their purpose, wanting to just have a better understanding of who they are, why they're doing the things, you know, what kind of cycle they're into. Um, we went over transits a lot last time. Transits oh, yeah. are the planets in the sky. And when I put those on your birth chart, it shows me cycles. So I want to say that astrology is not really supposed to be used for predicting your fate. It's not about that. It shows cycles that you're under, and then it helps you work with them. So, for example, when we talked last time, you had the planet Saturn transiting through your 12th house. And I remember mentioning something to you. I'm like, you know, this wouldn't be the best time to launch something new. Um, you could because we have free will, but it's not always the best. When Saturn goes to the 12th house, it's more about clearing out patterns, letting things go, um, releasing the past. And I think you said something like, you're like, that's okay. I'm not really ready for it right now. And that was great Tell because you were listening to your year. soul. Tell me the next year is okay. To oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you have your progress on that's more complicated, but yeah, your progress on is basically hitting your, um, angle of business partners and relationships right now. So you have this oh. whole, two-year period of activity happening there. So what is that, yes, 2016? You're in, um, 2016 and into 2017 as well. Ooh. So you have this window of opportunity of something. And I remember um, that's what we were talking, and I'm like, there's going to be some kind of relationship or some kind of contract or it could be something with business, and you're like, well, that's kind of when I'm going to release my book. And I'm like, bingo, that's huge <laughs> because I see the activity happening. So anyways, to go back to the 12th house Saturn, you were in a cycle where we you it wasn't the right time to push forward. It was more about, you know, getting your ducks in a row and figuring out what you want. But now Saturn moved out of your 12th house and it's in your first house. So it's also giving you more permission 
to launch something, to start something, to be out in the public, um, be out in the open. So that's where we have to look at timing and cycles because sometimes, you know, somebody might push to try to get something and I can see, well, you're going to just be putting your head, banging your head against the wall because the energy is not really there for that. Right. So when we work with the energy, it helps us and we can flow with it a lot easier because it's the energy is going to assist you if you're working with it. So, um, yeah, you have Saturn in your first house now, which is all about responsibility. Um, you get usually get a lot busier when Saturn goes into your first house. So that started in November of 2015. That's when it entered. And, oh, and it's still there now. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And it's still there now. So that's where you're starting to step into more of your power and um, more responsibility with um, work, um, with if people are in relationships, it could be with that too. Um, it's just, you're setting the groundwork now for the next seven years of your life because yeah. Saturn works in seven year cycles. So it doesn't mean that new things can't come up, but you are, now is your chance where, okay, you've thought about this before, you've been thinking about this when Saturn was in your 12th house, now it's time to implement. Now you start going, you start, okay, launching this, getting your book out, you know, these things are happening because this is setting up a new framework for who you are. So when, yeah, it's, it's a whole new cycle for your soul that you just entered, so it's great. Cool, so what about, and I feel that too, what about the Saturn return when I'm 29 and a half? What is, what is that all about? What is that gonna be like for me? And then in general, what are those usually? Yeah. So, um, so funny that you said that because I actually I need to write an article on that, <laughs> and it kept going in my psyche. I'm like, I need to write a good article. Okay. Well, we'll talk it so out much now, and I'll ask you. Yeah. I'll ask you like good questions, and then you can use that in the article. Like, what awesome. you know we should talk about. So, Saturn return. This is a big deal. It's something. It happens around. It varies because it depends on where Saturn is in your chart, but it's around maybe 27. Not really, but more 28. 28, 28 and a half to Where's 29, 30. Um, Not to make this all about me, but it is my podcast. Yeah, let me see exactly when your Saturn's going to hit. So that I just have to look up. Okay, you can tell later. me later, but okay, keep going. So, but I want to know so, for later. Yes, I will for sure. So Saturn return is a time when basically the transiting Saturn in the sky returns to the placement in your birth chart where Saturn is. So they, they hit up, they touch each other. And even if you don't know astrology, we all feel this energy. So this is why when people start turning 30 around then, right, they either start freaking out or people's lives change. Um, they either get married or maybe they get divorced or maybe they have a baby or maybe they move, they change careers, right? All these things start happening. And also it's really a time of definition. So Saturn, every planet basically is an energy, okay? And Saturn represents structure, represents discipline, authority, and it, it's about reality. So wherever Saturn is in your birth chart, this is where you promise the universe you are going to work hard at this area of life and you are going to spend time throughout your life and really hone this because it takes time. That Saturn literally represents time. But this is, you're going to become a master at this area. So when Saturn, when we have our Saturn return, we start the journey. It's not when we finish it. It's actually when we start the journey of, okay, now we're starting to go in the direction of our soul's mission. So for you, and I don't see this often, I am so going to be excited to watch what's going to happen because 
you're doing so many things even before your Saturn return. And usually before our Saturn return, we're kind of just like playing around. We don't really have to be that focused, that serious. But when we hit our Saturn return, it's like, okay, the universe says we must go in this path, whether it's the one we were on before or not. And we must change directions because it's our contract. Our soul must do this. So I actually think for when you do your Saturn return, that's what's going to start your journey of more um, humanitarian work, um, more, that's when you're going to, st- I'm not saying at 29 or 30, but that starts the journey of, I, I really believe you're going to have some kind of school. I keep community, some kind of um, physical place, and it could be virtual as well, cool. but where people go. And so oh, I think, Wonderland. yes, a hundred percent. And this is where, um, so you're really going to start that journey of, okay, where am I going to focus my energy? How am I going to construct it? Right. How am I going to build this dream? Um, so it's amazing because you're doing so much stuff already, but it's going to change directions a little bit on your side. Oh my gosh, I just thought of it. Maybe it's like a humongous kind of co-working space, like a mall. Like I envision it looking like a mall, but you know, you have a office slash store there where there's like crystals and you read people's charts and you give talks and then there's like a yoga room and then there's like chair massages everywhere you walk and there's, you know, great food and great people and people come there to hang out and like work on their computers and journal and it's called the Wellness Wonderland. I love this and everyone you heard it first here. So <laughs> this is yeah. amazing. This you're going to replay this when you have this. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. 5 years when I turn 30. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the start of your journey. But now not everything like when we turn 30 we're done and we build it that's where we start. So when I turned 30 that's when my spiritual path started because for whatever reason my soul was like not doing it before. I just wasn't. That was part of my journey. So at 30 everything changed. That's when my you know, boyfriend dumped me in France on my 30th birthday. I quit my job. I was living in Boston. I had to move home with my parents at 30 years old. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Right. And everything came crumbling down. And I was used to be a designer, interior architect and design. And the economy tanked then that year. But that was a beautiful blessing because it forced me to figure out, go deeper in my soul. I discovered astrology. And then I started going on the spiritual path. So everything, it, it's like, at 30, everything just changed for me, right? Not, It's not as intense like that for everyone. Mine was a little more intense than some people because I wasn't listening <laughs> to my soul. So that's why I listen now. But um, we, we change directions, right? That's why we feel like we're almost having like a, it's not midlife crisis, but we feel like it, right? Well, what's yeah. going on? Um, but for some people, it's really successful. You could get rewarded. You know, a, a lot of your, um, what I also think for you, because you're doing a lot of the work beforehand, that's when reward's going to come. So it's not going to be as difficult. Like I had to basically start over because I wasn't doing it, but that's part of my soul's journey. For you, you're doing a lot of work, a lot of work and Saturn rewards. So I actually think that you're going to change directions a little bit, obviously, but you're also going to get rewarded. So it's, I think it's going to be really um, good for you because you're already doing the work now. That I wasn't. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't doing the work. I just didn't know. Right. So I, mine was like um, a slap in the face. <laughs> so, you know, it happens. But you got there now. and I got there now, yeah. And now we're having this amazing conversation. Yeah. This has been the best. I feel as though I want to talk for like three more hours. Give me like maybe one more thing, one more thing that you think that I should know and 
any area looking at my chart that you would think is important? Yeah. So you have um, your Mars, which is your will and your drive. That is in Pisces. So Mars in Pisces is definitely spiritually focused. It's, again, the same theme of connecting to oneness, humanity. So if you're writing things down, your key terms are going to be humanity, humanity, um, universal um, wellness, um, oneness, you know, bringing people together, bridging the gap between spiritual and material worlds, bringing that together. That's a big theme for you. You also have your Venus, which is love and money and um, how we relate to people in Pisces. So that's really beautiful. Again, that's inspiration. You want to be inspired and, and you inspire people to believe, um, to have magic, to be filled with love. Um, the one thing you have to look out for when someone has a Venus in Pisces is boundaries sometimes because you're ultimately, if you have a Venus in Pisces, you're really looking for your soulmate or whatever you want to call it in quotes. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But you just have to watch for boundaries because Pisces kind of dives all in and wants it, right? Because there's so much about love. So just I tell everyone that's a Pisces, and we could be a Pisces even if we're not a Pisces sun, is there's a bit of boundaries because you're very open. You're very psychic and you're very open, but you have to protect yourself. So it's boundaries sometimes with other people, but it's also boundaries energetically for yourself by just you know cleansing your chakras and making sure you don't take on other people's stuff because you're very, it's like your door is always open, whether you realize it or not. So you have to constantly cleanse your energy field. That's really going to help you. Mm, so good. Yeah, we talked a lot about how to do that in our yeah. last episode together, like salt baths and grounding and all, all sorts of stuff to cut the energetic cords, which Danielle, you taught me, which has been very helpful. Let awesome. me tell you. Yay! So, okay, two more things before we go. Number one, I want to know, we are in 2016 now, barely, and I want to know what does 2016 look like for me, look on my chart, and then based on what that says, and then just for everyone as, as the collective, what does 2016 bring us all? Okay, so for you, it's really this window of opportunity because, again, you went through this phase of, healing some subconscious stuff, kind of moving behind the scenes, and now you're opening up. You have this, again, 2016 to 2017, this big window of opportunity where things are going to come to fruition. So for you, it's kind of receiving and collecting the gifts. Um, there's also a big theme in your chart of spirituality. You have the planet transiting Neptune sitting on top of your Mars right now. And Neptune's a very slow-moving planet, so it sits there for a while. So it shows me a big theme. And you have it in a couple other places too. The big theme for you is really bringing yourself into the spiritual realm, um, making sure that you're... It's, I keep... Oneness is a word that I'm getting from spirit um, for you. How are we all connected? How are we all the same? How are we all one? How are we... How can we reach the divine but also be in the physical world as well? That's your that big, yeah, oneness. That that's your thing. So that's a lot um, for you. Let me see one thing here. Um, yeah, and Jupiter is the planet of gifts and abundance. Um, that is coming to the top of your chart, and it's coming to your angle of career. So that is all about expansion. So you have some gifts coming for you for sure. So that's really beautiful for 2016. Um, yeah, you have a lot of windows of opportunity. Now, for everyone, 2016, 
that one thing that I keep getting to, because a lot of times I get these themes or I get these words, and sometimes I don't know where it's coming from, and then I'll look at the transits. I see the word ease a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like 2016 is, we've been going through a lot of internal stuff. Now, I'm not going to say that everyone, this is going to apply to every single person, but there's a lot of integration that's been happening. And now I feel like it's going to be like, okay, we, we've integrated, we've done healing. We're always healing ourselves as well. And again, it's very hard to summarize it for everyone. I'm just doing a general here. But the word ease keeps coming out with 2016. Let it be easy. If it's hard, drop the rope and stop. Let it be easy. I feel like because we've done so much work that we know now we've evolved to not push and to not force things. So if we allow it to be easy, then it's going to reflect in our external life as well. I like that word a whole lot. Yeah. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for talking to me about my chart and showing everyone else how awesome your sessions are and how they work. This was super fun. And you thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I, you know, I could talk about this for days. So thank you. Me too. <laughs> so let everyone know where they can find you, what's coming up for you. Um, well, you may not know, you know, what exactly is coming up for you right now, but where can they find you to find out information about whatever's coming up for you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website. It's healingpage.com, H-E-A-L-I-N-G-P-A-I-G-E. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website, and then I send out all information. I do once a month around the full moon. I do full moon virtual circles. So I help ground you. I play drum music. I connect you to the themes of the moon, and we talk about the moon cycles, and it's beautiful. And I keep that price low for everyone so they can join. Um, So we can do that. And then I offer programs. Um, a six-week session or a five-month program for people that really want to go deep into your stuff because you can see how much information there is. So we need more than one hour to talk about everything and to help heal you. Cool. Amazing. Well, everyone check that stuff out. You're amazing. And we'll have to make this like – do you want to make this like a yearly thing? I would love to. Let's Let's do do that. And then we'll like – it'll be fun after we have a bunch of them to see like oh did it actually come true for me right. did i you know like did i actually come out of my shell in 2016 did i find that soulmate blah 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 so it'll be good i think that's a great idea i love that um all right you're amazing and thank you everyone for hanging out with us I'm so excited that Don Myers is here, and you are the founder of Ripped Denim. Hi, Don. How are you? Hi, Katie. Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking to you because I think Ripped Denim is like the coolest company ever. Ever since a couple, was it maybe like a month ago, I got in the mail the cutest pair of cutoff shorts that were painted on the butt and I get so many compliments on them <laughs> and I was like oh these are so cute but are they gonna fit me I'm not sure and you did ask for my size so this wasn't like magical you know sisterhood of the traveling pants but I didn't really know my size so I just gave you like a kind of like a random jean size that I have because I feel like I'm a different size in every pair of jeans and I t- tried them on and they fit perfectly like a freaking glove and I wear them all the time so thank you first of all 
Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so glad you like them. I love them. So tell us about Ripped Denim. What is it? Why did you decide to start this brand? And tell us everything. Okay, so Ripped Denim is a brand that I created a few months back. And basically, it's just inspired by vintage Levi's. And I've sort of always had an obsession with um, Levi's specifically. And I've always had trouble like fitting into jeans, like having them fit weird. So I just remember in high school, I would always make like those cutoff shorts. And I think a lot of people did too. They just made like those cutoffs in high school. And I always like would make them for my friends. And then all throughout college, I sort of made them here and there. But I never really thought I would turn it into like a business. So... I graduated from University of San Diego, but I'm from Portland, Oregon, so one week I just decided to move back home and kind of pursue a traditional career, something that would involve marketing, because that was my major, and then I every cell in my body was resisting, like, going to a 9 to 5. I think it's, like, mm-hmm. not in my blood. I just can't, like, go to workplace every day and work on something I'm not super passionate about, so... I was on a run one day and I was, I just thought, oh my gosh, like I've been making these jeans forever and, you know, I really like doing it and people love them. And so why not just kind of like do this on the side or whatever and see where it goes. So the rest is sort of history. And then I just kind of, it kind of grew and then I grew into it. And so since then it's, it's really like taken up a lot of my time and it's sort of more of a full-time thing now, but, um, I'm like very, very passionate about women in business and women entrepreneurs and um, like Sheryl Sandberg and all those ladies just really inspire me. So I kind of just like melded a lot of my passions into one thing. And so then that kind of leads me here today with the brand. And right now I mainly just have the cutoff shorts and then I'm starting to do more boyfriend jeans and then kind of just want to catapult from there. I'm not really sure where I'm going to take it next, but I'm just really excited to build like a brand that like really connects with with women and the consumers. And I think some of my favorite brands are the ones where I can really relate to them like a friend and not like they're just trying to sell me something. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Preach. You are such a girl boss. I <laughs> love everything that you're saying. So who are some of the brands that really inspire you? And I want to know what your vision and goals for Rip Denim are in say 10 years and what kind of, what do you want like the brand, what do you want people to feel when they go to your Instagram page or when they see your products or when they wear your jeans? Okay, so first of all, some of the brands that I really like, obviously Nasty Gal, because I totally love. Stalk, I totally stalk Sophia Amoruso and I listen to her podcast. Oh, so good, book, right? Right? And um, and so I'm definitely really inspired by her brand and just like where she started from is incredible. Like she's dumpster diving and now she's like on the cover of Forbes. Like that's so incredible to see. Exactly. Um, and then also I just started following a brand called Glossier. I think it's yes. Glossier. Okay, yeah. There's just something about it. Like I will go on their Instagram or I just go on their website just to like I don't know. I just feel connected with the brand, and, and I haven't even bought anything from them. But... Oh, my gosh. Dawn, sorry to interrupt you. No, Do you follow ahead. me on Snapchat by any chance? No, but I, that's my next step here. Oh, okay, great. Well, anyway, I just yesterday got my first package from them because I ordered their boy brow stuff. This is like, if they want to sponsor the show, feel free. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I ordered their boy brow 
eyebrow stuff and the packaging was so amazing and it came with stickers and it was just like what a lovely experience I had to I had to Snapchat it. So yeah, that's another brand that I totally dig. And I see I see Rift Denim like emulating doing its own thing completely, but emulating those brands that I love, which is super cool. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad because I yeah. think when, when you're so close to your own brand and uh, you curate your own Instagram and stuff, it's hard to like see it from someone else's perspective. Totally. And so it's good to hear that feedback. So thank you. Yeah, no, I um, mean it. So how I want women to feel when they wear my clothes, um, definitely confident. Um, kind of like you, I struggled with body image issues in my past, kind of all throughout college. And so my big thing is comfort, obviously, but definitely I want you to feel like confident, unique too. Like I don't want yeah. um, women to feel just kind of like everyone else. Like they have their own spin on their, on their style and I definitely want to um, add that to their closet. And just empowered in general. So it's, I mean, I'm sort of wanting to build a strong brand and then the products kind of follow that. So I just feel like there's so much space, um, you know, in fashion and all industry right now for, for like women to really like own their style and own their brand and stuff. So that's kind of where like my position is coming from. And actually I wanted to start an activewear line about a year ago. But then I realized I didn't have any money to do that. And so I kind of just put that put that away for a while. I was like, oh, I'll just revisit that later on. And so mm-hmm. when this denim opportunity kind of arose and um, like a lower starting startup cost than starting an entire new like clothing brand. So, you know, it was like it was a good opportunity for sure. Yeah, it seems uh, like this is a, a better place to start. And then you can always expand to that. You know, totally. in the future when you're like Beyonce and can have right? Ivy Park. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, that's so funny you say that. When I saw she was launching Ivy Park, I uh, I was like, there's. It was so intimidating for me. I was like, I can't even imagine if I had started the brand. Like, right? See, yeah. everything happens for a reason. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Have you ever thought about? This is just me selfishly like asking you because I think you'd be great at it. Have you ever thought about doing jean jackets? Because I just got like a really cool vintage Levi oversized jean jacket when I was in Venice but I feel like you would be great at at finding cool vintage stuff like that that's so funny you say that actually because I've gotten so many requests for jean jackets from all my girlfriends and I'm like I don't know if I should start doing that yet I think I should really perfect the the bottoms first and the cutoffs and the jeans and then I went to my favorite vintage store in Portland a couple days ago and they just had two of like the coolest denim jackets Levi vintage jackets I've ever seen so obviously I bought them both and I'm like I guess I'm doing jackets now too cool. so that's yeah so I am starting to venture there but I'm so picky with jackets like the Levi jackets I I like a, a certain look that I'm really trying to go for so it'll be like a very limited quantity but I definitely want to get like some quality vintage jackets with like cool detailing and kind of the same same idea as the as the cutoffs and the jeans I have now but in kind of jacket form that is so cool um so tell me do you have any tips for people who are vintage shopping and trying to find cool things because I know there are some people who are really good at it and there are some people who just really aren't yeah so I'm no expert for sure I know when I first started uh venturing out to find Levi's I sort of just bought like 
any Levi that I thought, oh, those are cool. Like they, I can make those work, like whatever. And then I got a whole bunch of Levi's, brought them home, started working with them and realized I needed to be way more picky and like the cut and the style and how they're worn. So I, I mean, my advice would just be like, be kind of picky. Like if you look at it and you don't absolutely love it, like I, I wouldn't get it. Like that's just my experience. So I have like really honed in on like the style I'm going for. And I kind of go in to the store with a purpose and I feel like if you just wander around aimlessly and you don't really like have an idea of the look you're going for like at least have an idea of like kind of like a vibe or a style you're going for and then kind of go from there that would be my advice Mm, that's such good advice I love that so where can people find ripped denim how can people get a pair of your cutoffs and soon your boyfriend jeans and soon your limited quantity of jackets and (laughs) even further in the future maybe the activewear whatever you do next how can people keep in touch with you well, you can always find me on Instagram, and I just started Twitter, too. Yay, <laughs> I'll link to all of that in the show And it's, uh, it's just ripped denim on all those handles, so R-H-I-P-P-E-D, and then denim. And then you can find our site, www.ripdenim.com. Cool. So cool. Yeah. I'm so happy that I connected with you. Thank you so much for the shorts. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Anything else that you want to say to people? I would just say for anyone out there who wants to be an entrepreneur, you got to fake it till you make it. That's the name of the game. (laughs) Yes. Totally. Dude, I totally feel you on that, and I feel like I'm still faking it. So Right? You always feel like you are. You always feel like you are. It's, It's that Kurt Vonnegut quote I say all the time. We are what we pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend to be. And I think eventually maybe we will realize that we're not pretending or maybe we always will feel like we're pretending (laughs) oh well (laughs) thank you so much john you're awesome thank you bye katie listen i hope you guys like these interviews as much as i do remember to use the code k-a-t-i-e that is my name katie all caps for not only $10 off your ripped denim order, but also a free choker. The chokers are $18. You're gonna get one free, free, and that is all by using my code, Katie, my name, K-A-T-I-E, at checkout. So get your free choker from Dawn, from ripped denim, that would be amazing. Next week on the show, we are going to camp. I have the founders of Soul Camp, Michelle and Allie, on my podcast. I love them. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. I'll talk to you guys then. Have a great week.